Welcome back to a special edition of Thinky Caps. I'm your host, Tim Glom, VP of Content here at Cheetah Digital. I am in our beautiful WeWork office in London, York Road today, and I have a very special guest, a longtime friend to the Cheetah family. In fact, going back to the weigh-in days through experiences platforms and multiple brands, Chris Musket. Chris, thanks for coming in. I appreciate you making the time. Wow, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, why don't you give us a little 30-second on, on, on your background, your experience as a marketer, so our audience knows... You know who we're talking to, and, and and I'll bring in the context of what we're going to talk about. Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, it's interesting. My background starts off in air traffic control, which what? is very much around <laughs> marketing. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, so I started off um, trying to figure out how to pick up planes from radars, and then That's took cool. them into a central data model so you can track them, work out where they're going, communicate with them. So actually, unknowingly. Wow. I was in the prerequisites of marketing back then. Fully, man. When you talk about digital and we'll talk a little bit about omni-channel experience, like you, you were truly mapping data in a whole different field. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was. And I mean, it was, it was the time where we're trying to get people to go from those, those little uh, blocks of wood with the flights written on which oh were my all stacked gosh. up to an electronic version. Come and, on, you're not that old. Yeah, it was. That uh, was that was that was it. It was really interesting. But yeah, so um I think fast forward and coincidentally I've just realized we're on York Road. We're on the eighth floor. That's where I started Shell. What? Yeah. This 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 is the wing where you used to used to work so that's pretty oh pretty, wow that's funny it comes full yeah. circle yeah, all right so exactly. tell us about yeah shell and then eventually pepsico so keep going yeah so um, i started at shell just trying to help them to do their digital transformation they were realizing they had a lot of you know, legacy systems especially for the websites that typical we've got i can't yeah. remember how many websites they, <laughs> they had but they, they brought me in to just try and look at whether we could replatform. um so went through just trying to collate global needs on what yep. we're going to do with channels and slowly over time, I got brought into the brand team to kind of run all the channels, mm-hmm. their their development roadmaps. Um, and then I went on to run within retail, trying to do digital services, the loyalty programs, communication, which is where I came across um, Wayne at the time. Yep. Um, and um, since then, fast forward, I'm now at PepsiCo, um, doing a similar role, just trying to do the air traffic control, the roadmaps, how we're <laughs> going to use marketing technology. And as I could try and say it, try and surprise and delight the consumers. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, listen, you, you've known the technology. You're a huge fan of this zero party data, first party data plan, et cetera. And maybe that's where we jump in, right? A lot of marketers right now, the, the buzzwords are out there. One PD, zero party data, you know, all kinds of buzzwords. Um, we believe that zero party data is the future to building relationships. We believe at Cheetah that relationship marketing is what marketers need to know, right? They, they need to consider the journey from consumers to go from an unknown state you know, maybe they haven't bought or even heard your brand to a known contact to then an engaged customer. And then eventually, hopefully a brand advocate and, you know, become your uh, angelic voice, so to speak. So with that said, talk to me about, you know, what you'll call one PD and, uh, you know, the, the value of it and, and, and what really should marketers be thinking about around these buzzwords? Yeah, I think it is trying to look at all the different signals that you can get from consumers. And okay. some are stuff that people give up but also there are some subtle things i think you know this 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 death of the cookie is kind of like you know it is the buzzword it's obviously third party cookies that third party cookies that's very clear and a lot of people don't understand that first party yeah. web cookies still alive so technology is going to persist without that you know i keep i keep explaining that if if first party 
cookies disappear well you've got no e-commerce <laughs> you can't log in you know? yeah, so, yeah. Um, so i think you know, it, it's that balance first of all what is first party data and there is quite a broad broad array of it then the next part is just trying to work out what you can do with that and i think the problem is, is everyone comes in with you know we need first party data we need first name last name and email and it's like what, what are you going to use the last name for? I can understand the first because you might sure. send an email and it's just trying to prioritize what is the data that's really useful hmm. and what's your plan on trying to build that up? And that's where I've been really trying to focus on is just trying to, 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 to develop those opportunities to collect different types of data. I mean, just the, the data about what content people have looked at, you can start building up some really useful things to try and improve customers' journeys. Sure. So that's that's pretty standard behavioral data, right? They went from this page to that page. I opened our app two times this month, um, et cetera. Tying it to transactions is great too, if you know that they purchased. But um, you, you mentioned you know, strategic, maybe you don't need the last name. I, I'm going to skip ahead to something we already talked about. We're, we're, let's tackle it here. Do marketers collect too much information they don't need? And the second part of that is, should they be thinking about what they're going to do with the data and signals that they're getting so that they can continue the journey, right? Asking to ask is useless. But if you're saying, hey, Tim, are you a skateboarder? Or what do you do, you know, in your free time? Now you can really personalize a journey, you know, for me with your brand and create those touch points. How important is it? I think it's critical. I do wonder whether the Amazon model of building that story about what, what success looks like at the beginning of the campaign, just doing, you know, that stretch target would probably yeah. help. But I think it's always the case of, you know, run a competition, collect the data, but then actually how are you going to have that ongoing conversation yep. with someone? I think that's the bit that's sometimes harder because it requires long-term resource to try and run, but it's the, it's the critical part of it. Without doubt. And, you know, you and I talked a little bit about progressive profiling, right? All right. First touch point, um, you know, get a name, get an email, get a mobile, whatever it is. Now start getting a little deeper into it. How, uh, how important is it to continue collecting data and, and, and really get into some of the psychographic data, not just like demographic and, all right, this is your name, but what do you care about? You know, what do you do, et cetera? I think it's critical. I think more and more people are expecting, you know, yeah. brands to know something that, they want to be surprised and delighted. It's like, it's one of the buzz terms we used to use at Shell, but it's true. You know, now how many times have you had an experience with a particular brand? You've kind of gone, wow, you know, I, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. I think that's where we're trying to get to. You know, I think yep. every brand needs to do that. And once some, once one brand's done it, it becomes the norm. Yep. So then you have to think of the next thing. And I think that's the importance of this progressive data is the only way you can get those opportunities is to understand, you know, where these different audiences are. Yep. You, know, you were talk talking about the skateboarding part, you know, I mean, building up an understanding of people within there builds up huge opportunities, you know, to partner with other brands, you know, and yeah. start actually really stretching what, what that relationship with the brand means. And I think that's, that's, that's challenging, but that's where, you know, pe people are expecting yeah. I mean, look, when we talk about relationship marketing, which that's what we believe in, it's got to be relationship marketing, not like your marketing plan forced on consumers. You got to build relationships. You know, you know, people by name, you know, that he's a skateboarder, she's a ballet artist, she's, you know, loves arts and crafts, whatever it is. Um, you, you, but you talked about the resources to make all that happen. You know, there's a lot of brands out there going, all right, let's just start collecting the data. Like, uh, you've been some pretty big, pretty big brands and done some pretty amazing things with our product and other products. Um, how important is it to resource that stuff before you start? Do you resource it heavy first or you just start collecting the data and activate it later? Like what would be your recommendation? Somebody's dipping yeah. their toe in. I can see some people smiling who know me, but I mean, <laughs> I, I think, you know, the key to this is really trying to start off quite small 
but with the right skills and capabilities. So yep. there's that creative element, that's that data element, understanding the data and building it, and then someone who can actually plan and create those ongoing conversations across channels. So having that really small team, perhaps trial it out with a few different markets, um, brands, but that's the key is having that that team that can work together. Yep. Um, I'm like a real big no advocate of um, working in agile ways, and I think the idea of the team is there for a purpose to actually build something. I think that allows people to start crossing over between their comfort zones and testing out. And then you've got a team that really understand the tools they can step in and help each other. And I think that's where, you know, brands should be starting off with is trying to actually build something small, something very organic, you know, that people can share yep. all the successes, get excited about yes. it, see the results. And I think the problem is, is sometimes it looks like such a mountain to get up that people give up before they start. Oh, man. Well, we have a great case study with American Airlines. I sat with Aaron Lomers over there where they did just that. They they knew they wanted to collect zero-party data. They knew they wanted to personalize offers to business or vacation travelers, and they put it all on us. It was a very short-term, quick one. We lifted revenue for them significantly, and now she's a champion inside, you know, a giant juggernaut like American Airlines to try and make that. So start small. Just get a quick win. Champion it. Let's talk a little bit about the value exchange here, right? Because we're talking about the techniques and, and the high level, but you mentioned surveys or sweepstakes or something, and you've done tons of these across Shell. And even today, Walker's Crisp, Ghostbusters movies, PepsiCo's using our platform to do some of these things. How do you view that? What's in it for me, consumer point of view? Like how important is that to you to get that right? I think that's key. I think, you know, everyone's wanting something more you know, from their relationship. And I think if you don't think about that upfront, you know, doing a one-off competition is one thing, but people forget about it. You yeah. know? So actually it's thinking about that ongoing, you know, relationship. You know, you look at some some big brands, you know, with Nike constantly trying to like get people in, you think Apple with the exclusive, you know, yeah. access to certain um, uh, um, content and products. But I think it's that, what are you gonna do? Why, why, why does that customer feel confident to give data to you? What's in it for them? Yep. You know, the trust of what you're going to do with it is the other thing. We've obviously seen a lot of, you know, lost data, which has caused huge problems. So yeah. I think what is that sell to me? Competition is an easy one because you, you, you're basically saying, here's a prize, you know, you're going to get it. But will they unsubscribe? You know, as soon as they don't get value, if they yeah. get reminded, will they unsubscribe? So what are you going to do? It doesn't have to be always be prizes. It can be yep. just some, some fun. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's that's what I always am really keen to look at before we start things is just trying to concentrate. If I was that consumer, why would I give up this data? That, that's fair. Look, uh, you gotta you gotta put yourself in a seat, uh, an empathetic seat for the consumer, and say yes. What's the value exchange for me? Um, I also think a, a huge part of it is when you ask for data, whether it's in your app or on your website or you know wherever you're collecting that. If it's a sweepstakes or a survey. Um, you have to react personalized in real time. You know, we talked, we have some great brands here at Cheetah that are seeing upwards over 70% open rates on email and giant, almost 50% engagement rates on SMS when instantly after they fill out the form or the survey, the sweeps and click submit, they get something back in the channel, right? SMS or email. And that is where the conversation started. That's where, you know, you asked for something, they gave it to you, and you followed up with something related to it. That's key. If you're thinking about doing this, you have to figure out how to do that real time. Don't get, 
a hundred thousand, or we'll talk, you know, Ghostbusters, you did a campaign where you got one and a half million entries. You know, you don't wait 30 days later and then blast them all with an email campaign. You know, they're going to forget about it. You yeah. need to be real time. Yeah. Okay. So we've established value exchange, give to get, you got to give something to get the information. PepsiCo is a giant brand. It's a global brand. And you have many amazing sub-brands under it. You know, Lay's, Walker's Crisp here in the UK, Pepsi itself, Rockstar Energy Drink, uh, who I've worked with for, for years. Great brand. How are should marketers be thinking, enterprise marketers, thinking about activating that data? Let's say there is a competition with, with Walker's Crisp. How do you introduce the other brands and how do you share that data from a global perspective as a marketer to, to build these unique journeys cross-brand? Yeah, and this is a real challenge because obviously in most big organizations, the brands are very siloed. So it's it's really trying to build up kind of what's in it for the other brand. Mm -hmm. That's the challenge. I think, you know, even coming from Shell, very similar story. But, you know, I always talk about starting off with kind of the offers bank. What are, you know, kind of the bits of content that you want to do and where are the opportunities that they can be cross-shared? You know, you know, you're not going to do Lays and Doritos, perhaps not on the site because they're similar products, but maybe you would be able to do, you know, Pepsi and Doritos or paper or walkers, you know. So it's trying to balance that, but trying to get the different brands to talk to each other. The technology is there. It's really just around almost those rules and what content's going to be presented. And I think that's 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 often the biggest hurdle. Um, and then it's experimenting. You know, I mean, yeah. can you do it in just really small audiences just to show what are, you know, the kind of traffic and people engaging with that? I think that's the key to it. Well, the, the experiment, we talked about this before we started shooting. The selling group, you know, large department store and grocer in, in Denmark, they are actually t- uh, identifying high value customers that are highly engaged in their app, sending them experiences where they're like, hey, what do you want the spring fashion to be like this year? Is it pink or greens or button downs or sweaters and, and focus group? Um, do you believe in that theory too of experimenting and using product research through these surveys to then inform the marketing plan? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, who's better to tell you about your consumer than your consumer? Right. You know, so definitely, but it's trying to get you know the right ways to in, to interact with them. Do you do you have pop up surveys on the website? What's the kind of thing? And I think there is a balance on how you get that data back, especially with with a brand like PepsiCo where, where the retailers are obviously obviously having that kind of transactional that, uh, yep. you know, conversation. So I think it's a bit challenging, but without doubt in terms of getting some feedback from the consumers, without doubt, yeah. you know, um, I mean, there's also so much data. Sometimes people find it hard to find that data in, you know, the data lakes that we have. I mean, you think about, you know, just looking at cross brand websites, just trying to join that data together to find out if someone has been going across them. It's getting easier. But um, that's still one effort. All right. Well, let's dig into that, right? Because underneath the data are these data lakes and, you know, another buzzword, yeah. one of the biggest buzzwords the last few years, in my opinion, I don't know if you agree, CDP, the customer data platform, right? Like, yeah. is it a real buzzword? Like, what does it really mean? Like, how do you view that as a data guy <laughs> starting to map out FAA and airline data all the way to marketing and persona data and customer data? What's your view on a customer data platform? What's that environment supposed to look like? Yeah, it's interesting because since CDPs come out, big data seems to have disappeared. Oh, oh yeah, right. Remember that? Yeah. You need big data. <laughs> I used to get so angry about big data that I'd I'd want to walk out of a meeting if someone said it because because it, it basically meant that someone didn't really know yeah, what the data they didn't know what was. They were yeah, about. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I think with the CDP, it's it's obviously 
the buzzword at the moment. But I think mm -hmm. the key to this is the fact that we are now proactively trying to join data sets. Yep. We're understanding that we don't have that view. So I think that's a good thing. But I think it's then, it's not going to join every set of data. You've got to prioritize, otherwise you'd be spending yeah. a fortune, you know. But it's looking at those priorities. And I think, you know, when you look across the attract, engage, retain kind of model, you know, you're always going to focus initially on the attract, but it's as you're going down that funnel, you know, I love the idea of the fact that you can now start, you know, suppressing, don't target people on paid if you've got them already in the ecosystem. And I think, you know, the idea around <coughs> that is great. You can do some of that already without a CDP, but obviously, you know, I think the focus now, everyone's talking about this is the, the end goal. It's not going to be all the things we talked about before. Yeah. You're going to need to be planning what the engagement is. You're going to be ha having yeah. to run experiences, but and then how do you circulate that data and keep it live? I think, you know, it's a healthy challenge, but um, I think this, this, the, this new hype has got everyone focused on it. You know, we are, and I will say, uh, Cheetah Digital, I'm proud to announce, we are a CDP certified full CDP from the F CDP Institute. Um, not a lot. Check that box. You should check it out if you're in the CDP, you know, RFP process, or I can throw another acronym at you, ASAP. Um, okay, cool. Agreed. Big data, no. The right data, yes. And have it in a platform that they can use it. Uh, in fact, we're proud to announce that we are a CDP certified platform uh, from the CDP Institute, and it's very tough to get that. Uh, and one of the things I like about our platform, you'd appreciate this being in a Cheetah Experiences, a customer for a long time, is you can dynamically change an experience. When we say the word experience, maybe it's a survey or form. If your data is in the uh, in the in our platform, so essentially change the journey. You and I can get different question sets because we already have some information. If they know I'm a skateboarder, they might, you know, take a left on a survey or a competition or sweepstakes form and ask me, you know, something around, uh, you know, another activity. So it's really important, I think, not to think in CDP, but think in how is your data actionable? How's it agile and how's it enhancing that experience? Um, let's talk a little bit of the back end because marketers, you know, they got to do this stuff. It's tough to do. Um, what would you like to see improved in the MarTech landscape of content syndication, content creation? Because that can be an expensive uh, task for brands like PepsiCo and even a single brand. What, what are some of the improvements you'd like to see in that world? Yeah, I've been talking about this a lot is the idea of the different actors in the different tool sets. And I think, you know, at the moment, right up the front, looking at the data, trying to surface it all the way through to the creative side. And I think the gap at the moment is I think a lot of kind of the traditional business side aren't comfortable going into the tool. So I think that's a bridge. I don't think, I think it's a barrier we've got to overcome, hmm. but I think, you know, it's how do we get people to start being comfortable to experiment, you know? Um, so that's, that's one challenge I've got. The other thing is obviously the visualization of the data. It's always a challenge. How yeah. do you, how do you get that at the right level for the different audiences? When you talk about, you know, going into online behavior data and doing yeah. it, it can get very complicated. So I think that, 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 that high level summary, trying to get that comfortable with the users is pretty key. Um, I think the other part is how you kind of surface the right information, alerts, things like that would be um, almost like going back to the head traffic control days, where is, yeah. you know, the control tower view that people can feel comfortable to delve in and activate and then act on something. And yep. I think that's, that's kind of the ideal, you know, position we're working towards. Um, yeah, I mean, at Cheetah Digital, we're trying to solve that platform with a single single view of the customer and, and all your data and your insights right then and there. It's obviously difficult. We 
we have way a long way to go and so does everyone else, but marketers need that single view. What do we close on here? What's the, let's pick a buzzword we haven't talked about or, or a topic we haven't talked about and, and close out on it. You have any ideas? What's, what do you want to see changed in the world? What would make your life easier in your next, wherever you end up? Oh, wow. No, you, How about personalization? Right. You know, it's a, I think that's a buzzword right now because I think a lot of people say they personalize. Hey, Tim, we have an email for you. Like personalization. Do you think it's being done right at scale? Not naming names, but you think we're really at the level where marketers are truly personalizing things yet? No, I, I think there is definitely room on here. I mean, you've got personalization just making things relevant is one yep. thing then personalizing the journey and i think there is there is pockets of both but never yeah. all together and i think yeah. you know you think of the examples where perhaps you open up an email the background is is recognizing that you're from london or you're yep. from new york you know those subtle things are kind of the entry point and then through to understanding where you are on the journey with that particular brand you know yep. i think those those are the bits we're not always getting right, you know. I think yeah. that's, I think just as an industry. So I think that's that's definitely part. Do you call that personalization? Do you call that journey planning? And I think you know this is where the gaps come. Yeah? It, it could just be yeah. simply contextualized marketing at that point. If you're using location based thing, I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't know that it's personalized because yeah. hey, if I got an email today, I'm sitting in London, but I live in Denver. So is that personalized? Yeah. No, it's a good thought. Yeah, we have a lot of way to go there. Um, well, look, this has been great. I really appreciate you sitting down to talk to me today. Um, follow Chris. Where can we follow you? LinkedIn? Like LinkedIn's else? the main one for right, me. Great. Yeah. yeah, great. Yeah. All right. Well, well, thank you. Again, yeah. thanks for coming in. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you now, uh, next time on the next episode of Thinking Caps.